You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, Everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Today is pure NBA talk. We had a wild finish to the regular season. This play-in game, while kind of a joke, is also pretty exciting. It makes games that should be meaningless a little bit more exciting and uh, you know interesting to watch, which is exactly why the NBA uh, introduced it. So it's a joke because, I mean, come on, we've got teams that are the 10 seed. They finished 10th best in their conference. Uh, with a chance to make the playoffs, whoop-de-doo. You know, they have no chance of doing any damage in the playoffs. So in that regard, it's kind of a joke. But it's making, you know, us, it's making us all pay more close attention to the end of the regular season and now to these play-in games that will be tomorrow and Wednesday. So pretty exciting stuff. So today's Pure NBA. Um, you can check the description for the timing of segments, but I'll tell you now, today is all about the NBA. So I'm going to go through my regular season awards, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man, stuff like that. I'll save my first, second, and third team um, for tomorrow probably because I want to go through all the play-in scenarios and things like that, the playoffs. So the big story right now for me is that the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers are blatantly, well, they not are, it's done now, it's over, but they have blatantly and clearly and obviously ducked each other for not just the first round, but even the second round. They both purposely dropped a rung in the standings that the 3-6 matchup was like a shoe-in at one point for the Clippers and Lakers. It was like a done deal. They will end in the 3-6 matchup. Well, no, the Lakers are like, well, you know what? Let's just kind of, I guess we'll just kind of deal with this play-in scenario and, and kind of go down to the seven. And then the Clippers were like, well, shoot, like let's drop down to the four. Then we don't even have to play them in the first, in the second round. And so blatant disrespect to the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. If you're a Jazz fan, if you're a Suns fan, this is humongous disrespect from both the Clippers and the Lakers ducking each other, asking to play either of you before having to play each other. Unfortunately, I don't blame them. The NBA has a little bit of a problem here, though, because now seeding is irrelevant at this point. The Lakers are going to be the 7 or the 8 seed, and they are clearly the favorites. They will be the favorites in Vegas, assuming they actually make the playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs yet. They have to play Steph and the Warriors on Wednesday. The winner will be the 7 seed. The loser will have another game uh, against either the Grizzlies or the Spurs. And so we're going to end up seeing both the Warriors and the Lakers in the playoffs. It's just whether or not they're going to be the 7 or the 8. Um, I think it'll end exactly like it is right now. Warriors will be the eight. Uh, they will lose, I think, in Los Angeles on Wednesday to the Lakers. Lakers will be the seven. Um, and so they'll play the Suns in the first round. And they'll get to avoid the Clippers until the uh, Western Conference Finals. So there's a little bit of an issue when you've got the seven or the eight seed as the favorite for a conference. It tells you that the regular season is becoming a little bit meaningless in the NBA. And that is a huge problem. You, you've got to avoid that. Um, in a seven-game series, you know the better team's going to win. And so it's become very, very clear that the strategy among NBA teams is to rest guys as much as you can, as much as you can get away with, both with your image and with you know not losing too many games to fall out of the playoffs. But the strategy is clear. 
Rest your guys as much as you can so that you're fully healthy come playoff time. That is more important than seeding. And, and, and it is. Unfortunately, it is. And so the only way the NBA can fix this, um, well, not the only way, but a quick way is to just require it. Just They've got to say, look, this is a business. TVs, TV stations or TV networks have paid billions of dollars for the rights to these games. Fans are paying all sorts of money. Our ratings are dropping. And it's because if you go down the list, I, you know, as I get into my MVP race to, uh, today, and my who I think it is, I'll I'll say my top five guys that should have been uh, that should get some votes at least. There's so many guys that that just didn't play enough games, and so I disqualified them because you just go down the list. There's guy after guy after guy, superstar after superstar after superstar. The people that are selling the tickets, they're choosing to sit out games. They're choosing to. Yeah, they got a little nicked up. They got a little dinged up. I mean, we've talked about it. John Stockton played all all 82 games, like 17 out of his 19 seasons. Don't tell me that all these superstars nowadays have to somehow miss 25 games because of a, you know, a, I don't know, a little twist of their ankle, you know? Back then, guys played through that. You sprain your ankle, you miss a week or two, you know? And now you sprain your ankle, you miss a month or two. I mean, that's kind of how they're doing it. So they've got to fix something. Uh, I think they need to require the superstars to play. That's what the money is for. And so if you want, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't get paid tens of millions of dollars to play basketball and then not play basketball. You know, you, you got to pick one or the other. You can either not play or you can not get paid, but you can't have it both ways. That's my opinion. Um, and I feel pretty strongly about it because, and now it's clear because the Jazz, for the first time in franchise history, congratulations to the Jazz, by the way, first time in franchise history, the best record in the NBA. They did tie for first once um, before. Actually, I think they've done, I think they tied for first twice before. Um, when they played the Bulls in those finals. But for the first time ever, the Jazz have sole possession of the best record in the NBA, not even tied with anybody else, just by themselves, best record in the NBA. Very, very cool for the Utah Jazz. Um, so they're the one seed. But now, like, if the Lakers happen to lose to the Warriors on Wednesday, the Jazz have to play the Lakers in the first round. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They'd have to play the so they'd have to play the Lakers in the first round and then the Clippers in the second round if they get there. Come on. I mean, seeding has to mean something. You know, I, I mean you get home court advantage, but it's like not that huge of an advantage, especially nowadays where there's not many fans even there. Although the Jazz have announced, the Utah Jazz did announce they will have thirteen thousand fans in the arena for the playoffs. Thirteen thousand. That, compared to what we've been dealing with for over a year now, that is going to feel like an absolute pandemonium packed house. And Utah is known for being one of the loudest, most difficult arenas to play in. The Jazz have the best home record in the NBA. Obviously, they also have the best record in the NBA. But they have the best home record by quite a bit. It will be a huge advantage for the Utah Jazz. But, I'm sorry, against a very healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis... I don't see the Jazz winning a seven-game series. I just don't. I just don't see it happening. Um, so the big question mark around the, the, not the Utah Jazz, but the big question mark, question mark around the Los Angeles Lakers is, are they healthy? If you watched that game yesterday, I mean, you got AD clutching at his ankle. I mean, the guy, like, he basically tapped his toe against a, a defender's foot, and all of a sudden his, he's grabbing at his ankle for the next, like, several minutes and giving us a little bit of a limp. So is he really healthy? I don't know. LeBron James had a little teeny ankle tweak, and he left the game and didn't return. Um, I think it's just 
extreme precaution. I think they're probably fine. But there is a huge question mark around the health of the Los Angeles Lakers because without those guys, they are a below average team. They're mediocre at very, very best. I mean, without LeBron and Anthony Davis, they have zero shot of winning a series. They'd probably get swept by just about any of these other teams if, if they're missing both of those guys. So, and then they won't be missing them, obviously, at least not for game one. But we'll see if they can stay healthy. I think that they can and they will. And I think that the Lakers are the favorite in the West. I do. If they happen to go down with injury, if there is, if there is some nagging little injuries that catch up to them, uh, then I think you'll see them get beat. But this is why they're ducking the Clippers. The Clippers are doing the same thing. The Clippers lost to the Rockets and the Thunder for the last two games of the season. Guess which two teams have the worst record in the entire Western Conference? That's right. You guessed it. The Rockets and the Thunder. So you're telling me the Clippers, who had the easiest chance... The easiest chance to secure the three seed, they just lost to the Rockets and the Thunder. They choked it away. No, they sat everybody, and they purposely moved down to the four seed. They purposely said, we want no part of the Lakers until the Western Conference Finals if they get there. And the Lakers clearly said, we want no part of the Clippers until the Western Conference Finals if they get there. You deal with, you know the Jazz and the Suns, we'll deal with one or the other, and let's see if we can meet up in the Western Conference Finals. But they clearly don't respect the Jazz and the Suns like they respect each other, and I don't entirely blame them. A series, a a Clippers-Lakers series is kind of what the, not kind of, it's definitely what the NBA wants as well. And so you wonder, you know, conspiracy theory, put my little like tinfoil hat on for a second here. You wonder if the NBA was in on this in some way. I mean, the Clippers losing to the Thunder and the Rockets. Come on. Come on. I mean, this is, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke um, to watch these teams just jockey around at the very end of the season. And I mean, the the Lakers had been doing it for a while. The Lakers, I think, wanted that play-in game. I don't think, I know they did. They wanted no part of the Clippers in the first round. They're looking at like the sixth seed and they're like, we don't want the Clippers in the first round. No way. Not the first round. Like, make them play somebody else more difficult. We don't want them. That's the, In their minds, that's the second best team in the conference. We don't want them first. And the Clippers are thinking the same thing. So they're both like, you know what? Let's just both drop down a rung. And then we don't have to play each other at all until we both have to go through Phoenix or Utah. And, and if we succeed, which they both think they have a better chance at that than they do against each other, then we'll play in Los Angeles for a seven-game series. And it's really a home game for all seven games for both player, for both teams because they play in the same arena. Not just the same city, but the same arena. So they have their own great locker rooms, you know, so it's not like they're going to be in a visitor, crappy, small locker room. They'll be in their home locker rooms on their home court uh, or in their home arena. You know, everything's going to feel like it's their arena, especially because they're not going to be very many fans in Los Angeles that are allowed into the arena. So it's really going to be a home game. You don't have to travel. You sleep in your own bed. Um, So a Los Angeles versus Los Angeles series would be pretty freaking epic for the NBA. And the seeding is completely irrelevant at that point because it's a home game across the board, even with the fans. Because what, they're going to let 3,000 fans in? whoop de doo you know, that's going to have zero impact. The banners get covered up. Who cares? You're sleeping in your own bed. You didn't get on a plane and travel. You're around your family. Your shoot-around routine's the same. All of your, everything's the same. Your locker room's the same. Everything's the same. They're just going to cover up a few banners and you might hear a few whispers from the stadiums for the meager little crowd they'll, they'll allow there in LA. So this is, 
This is a little bit bothersome as a fan to see the regular season, the NBA regular season being devalued so much because this is what this is what the NFL has done. The NFL has a short regular season. They did expand to 17 games, but it's still like 17 games and they allow fewer teams into the playoffs. They just expanded their playoffs as well, but the regular season means so much in the NFL and in football in general, college even more so. You have to win. Every game matters so much. And so Major League Baseball is the other league you look at. And you're like, okay, well, they have a really long long regular season. What are they doing? Well, they're allowing like half as many teams in the playoffs as the NBA is. The NBA is just saying, yeah, we're going to play a thousand games and then everybody makes the playoffs and the playoffs are seven game series. I really think something needs to change here because the regular season is officially completely, totally devalued. You can have a team like the Lakers be the seven or the eight seed. And I'm doing the quotes for those just listening because they're not the seven or the eight seed. They are clearly not the seven or the eight seed. You can sit guys for 20, 30 games a season, disrespecting the fans, disrespecting the TV networks. You can sit your guys and do just enough to win enough games to get into the playoffs, knowing that the seeding is pretty irrelevant and your guys will be fully healthy. They're not going to be as fatigued, especially LeBron. He's 36 years old. I mean, this is why the Lakers won the won the title last year. There was, well, A, the bubble, because no fans, no travel. It's like a big AAU tournament. But to me, the biggest thing was they got five months to just rest and heal and get fresh. It was like a fresh new season. And trust me, I'm 39, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a star athlete. But, but as you get older, like, your body just recovers slower to things. It does. And so don't, don't pretend LeBron is... We get it. LeBron is Superman. He's Iron Man. He's whatever man you want to call him. He's invincible. But Father Time is batting a thousand. And it is catching up to LeBron. You're seeing him sit out more and more games. He sat out more the last two seasons than like the rest of his career combined. So don't pretend like it's not catching up to him. And I think it's strategic. It's like, you know what? We've won enough. We can keep these guys around. Let's have you come back for this game here, that game there. Kind of cherry pick a few games just to make sure we don't fall too far out. Uh, we don't want to drop down to the 9 or the 10 where we have to win two play-in games. We just want to have to win one play-in game, and we're in the playoffs. You know, It's going to be like a warm-up. It's going to be a like a dress rehearsal for them anyway. Steph Curry and the Warriors are on fire, but the game's in L.A., so they get the home court advantage of, like I mentioned, not having to travel, things like that. There will be, a, I'm sure, a few thousand fans in the arena, so that helps a teeny bit, but not much. But but they're the better team. The Lakers are the better team. And if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are healthy, which I think they clearly will be, there is a big question mark. Can they stay healthy throughout the playoffs? Because now, now you can't cherry pick. Now you can't say, well, we're going to sit him for the next two games here against Utah. No, you, you'd lose those two games. And that two games in a seven-game series is a big deal. So now, can they stay healthy? Will their bodies you know, not betray them? And will these nagging injuries, can they keep these nagging injuries at bay? If they can... You're going to see the Lakers go through the West, no problem. Not no problem. They'll obviously lose some games along the way. But if they stay healthy, they're going to win. So I would love to see the the NBA do something to kind of like, you know, improve this, to make the regular season a little bit more meaningful. I think that they should go back to the first round just being a five-game series too. I like that better. A best of five. Then home court really means a lot more um, because you get two games, two games, one game. So if you go, if you start out the series two games to zero in a five-game series, that's a big deal. That's home court advantage. That's that's something real there. 
So I think they should go back to a five-game series uh, for the first round because they're they're just throwing so many games and different things at us. And they're kind of like, and maybe I'm sure they've looked at the numbers, but the ratings are dropping, but they're like, well, there's so many games. There's so much that, you know, this is what baseball does. There's so much revenue because of so many games. We'll make less money per game, but we're still making more overall because of so many games. But the NFL is taking the opposite approach and the NFL is worth more. All those franchises are worth more. The NFL as a, as a whole is worth more. Those games are worth way more. I mean, an NFL regular season game gets more viewership than an NBA finals game. You know, that's what the NBA has done to themselves. So anyway, a couple of things, uh, keeping in the playoffs though, the wizards, my big prediction, the entire season, uh, was that the wizards would make the playoffs. I knew they would make the playoffs. I knew they had too good of a team to not make the playoffs. Bradley Beal, uh, one of the greatest scorers in the NBA, Russell Westbrook, one of the greatest players in the NBA. There was no way they were going to miss the playoffs. They kind of like dilly-dallied for like three-fourths of the season, and then they really took off this last little bit. And they actually missed Bradley Beal for several key games down the stretch, still finished in the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. So they officially, in my opinion, came true to my prediction of making the playoffs, even though they have to now win a play-in game. But they get two shots. I think in both conferences, you will see the seven and the eight seed remain the seven and the eight seed. Um, the Celtics and the Wizards, with the exception of I think the Wizards and the Celtics will flip-flop. I think that the Wizards will win that game and they will be the seventh seed. And then you'll see the Celtics go and beat the probably the Hornets. I think the Hornets will beat the Pacers. These games are tomorrow night. So tomorrow night you have Hornets versus Pacers in the 9-10 matchup. And then, on, uh, and then in the 7-8 matchup, you have the Celtics and the Wizards. I think you'll see the Wizards win uh, in Boston. And I think you'll see the Hornets win in Indiana. I think you'll see both road teams win tomorrow night in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but then I think the Celtics will host a second game against the Hornets. Um, and I think that the, the Celtics will win that. So I think you'll see the Celtics as the eight seed, Wizards as the seven seed. And in the West, I think it'll stay Lakers and, um, and Warriors. And the reason for that is the Lakers want no part of the Clippers any more than the Clippers want any part of the Lakers. And so the Lakers feel very motivated to beat the Warriors right now because if they lose, then they then they slip down to the eight seed. They'd have to play the Jazz, who I know that they don't fear. But if they win that series, they would have to play the Clippers in the second round, which we know that they do not want. So the only way for them to truly avoid each other until the Western Conference Finals is for the Clippers or sorry, for the Lakers to stick in that seven seed where they currently are. So one thing I forgot to to do, I need to do it. Ronald Clay, uh, he has sent in a couple of voice messages uh, through the Anchor app, which you guys can do. Just go to anchor.fm slash STB Sports Take, and you can send in a voice message that I can play on the podcast here if it's good. Um, and uh, actually, if you download the Anchor app, it's a little bit easier. But here's Ronald Clay, and I'm going to have to hit refresh here to play it. Okay, here's Ronald Clay. Hey, Sean, it's Ron Clay. And this was the last day of the NBA regular season. And you know what? I told you the Los Angeles Lakers were going to be in the play-in. And you didn't believe me. So now I get to talk the trash. I hope you have a great day tomorrow because I'm having a great night tonight. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> okay, first off, Ron, thank you for being a loyal listener. I love that. Thank you for sending in voice messages. I love that as well. And thank you for talking trash because it makes it that much more fun. You were right. You were right, Ron. The Lakers did fall all the way down to the play-in game. I had another guy on Twitter hit me up saying, oh, the Lakers are going to be the, a nightmare matchup for the Jazz as the eight seed. And I was like, they're not going to fall that far. They'd have to lose so many games. Well, what I incorrectly predicted is that the Lakers are terrified of the Clippers and that the Clippers are terrified of the Lakers. I, I thought they had a little more confidence in themselves than that. And so, yeah, the Lakers are in the play-in game, but let's be real. Let's be real here. The Lakers chose to be in the play-in game. There were, sev- there were several key games down the stretch that they could have won. They could have played LeBron. They could have played AD, and they didn't. And they lost, and they chose to just be right there. They were purposely hanging right there, very strategically, right there between six and seven, six and seven, six and seven. Where do we want to be? Oh, you know what? Well, the Clippers are now in the four seat. I kind of like their strategy of avoiding us altogether. Let's just let's just be the seven and avoid them clear until the Western Conference Finals. So they strategically chose to drop down a rung. They didn't want them in the first round. And then they thought, and then when they realized, oh, they're going to be the four seed. I do think the Clippers at that, or the Lakers at that point, were less worried about playing them in the second round than the Clippers were about playing the Lakers in the second round. Because um, they thought, I think if you're a Laker fan, if you're on the Lakers, you're like, well, second round's not that bad. We can play them then, and we don't have to do this playing thing. That wouldn't be so bad. But the Blazers secured the the six seed by beating the Nuggets, and so the Lakers are like, yeah, that's fine. We'll just play the we'll just do the playing game. So they have to play the red hot. Warriors, they're going to beat them. Steph Curry is on fire, um, but it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. I think that you'll. I so I mentioned my play in predictions. I think you'll see the Clippers and the Jazz be a fantastic second round matchup. I think that one goes seven. I'm very very excited for that matchup. I will say though, the Utah Jazz better not overlook. Well, if they play the Lakers, look out. But they better not overlook the Warriors either because. Steph Curry is on fire. He's a matchup problem for the entire league. But another thing that I worry about is that pick and roll with Steph Curry and Rudy Gobert having to defend that. We've watched enough of these. You've seen the, what was that one song they would play? There was like whenever a guy was, it was just Gobert getting crossed up by Curry. And then it was like where he's like, he's like stumbling off into space and into like different countries and continents and just all over the world. Um, so I think I, I'm a little bit worried about that. I think the Warriors will get a game from us. I do, maybe even two. But the, the Jazz will, will beat the Warriors. I'm not worried about winning that series. Um, but it will create some matchup problems for sure because of uh, Gobert out on the perimeter. Which Gobert, Gobert we're going to talk about Gobert. He's clearly the best defensive player in the, in the league. But the Warriors have a very unique way of pulling him out of what he's best at. And the Jazz need to plan for that. We need Quinn Snyder to dig deep and figure out, you know what, we don't want Gobert out on the perimeter ever. We don't want Gobert anywhere near Steph Curry. We want him doing what he does best because Steph Curry can create so much space against Gobert because of how much quicker he is that Gobert has just no chance at at defending him. Hardly anybody has any chance at defending Steph Curry, though, so let's be clear about that. But the the Clippers and the Jazz matchup is going to be a good one. And the truth is, if you're a Utah Jazz fan, Going through Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, and PG, and then potentially LeBron James, if we can get there, and Anthony Davis, that is a championship route. Now, I've mentioned for weeks now that the stars were aligning 
you know, everything was picture perfect for us to avoid the Clippers and the Lakers to get to a finals, um, for sure to a Western Conference finals. And now it's changed a little bit. We're going to have to probably play the Clippers in the second round. But you know what? If you want to be a champion, you have to beat the best. Uh, The Clippers are not champions, but they have championship pedigree. They've obviously got a champion in um, Kawhi Leonard. And so I think if you're a Jazz fan, we should embrace this. Let's get through Steph and the Warriors. Let's get through Kawhi, PG, and the Clippers. Let's see what we can do against Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the Lakers. And you know what? Home court advantage, plus them having had to go through the Suns and uh, the, who's it going to be? The the Nuggets, probably, right? Or no? The, what, what am I missing here? The, oh, say, the, yeah, the Nuggets. Yeah, it'd be probably the Nuggets because the Nuggets and the Blazers, we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm probably going to take the Nuggets. I think they've not, they're not really even missing Jamal Murray. Uh, the, the Blazers are playing really well right now, but Michael Porter Jr. stepped up hugely for the Nuggets. I think I would take the Nuggets to win that series. So the Lakers will have to go through the Suns and then the Nuggets. That's a much easier path than the Jazz and then the Clippers. It just is. That's a much easier path. So the Lakers The Lakers definitely want that seven seed. That actually ends up being a pretty easy path for them. They get to avoid the two best other teams in the league, in the conference. Um, but... But they will be a little bit banged up. They are. They do have some nagging injuries that are lingering, and so maybe those get reaggravated. I'm not wishing that on anybody. I would like Anthony Davis and LeBron James to stay fully healthy. But if you're a Jazz fan, not the end of the world if uh, you know a couple of guys get injured and they're not 100 percent or they have to miss a couple games. Not the end of the world if you're going up against that to try and get to a final. So we'll see what happens. But okay, I want to go into my awards for the season. Um, and for I'm going to start with Defensive Player of the Year because it's the most obvious. It's Rudy Gobert by a long shot. It's truly not even close. Rudy Gobert is the Defensive Player of the Year, and it is not even close. Um, Rudy Gobert is he's the leader in blocks per game. He's second in rebounds per game, and he's first. He's in first place by nearly double that of second place in defensive real plus minus. So when you account for the the when you're on the court. Is your team, uh, how many points is your team allowing when you're on the court compared to when you're off the court? And he is more than double Clint Capella, who's in second place. So Rudy Gobert is like, he's so good defensively, he's an outlier. Okay. He's, it's, it's truly not even close. He will win his third defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Uh, for perspective, Ben Simmons is 31st in defensive real plus minus. And he plus he missed 20% of his team's games. Rudy Gobert missed one game. So Rudy Gobert, defensive player of the year. Okay, MVP, this is the interesting one. I'm going to give it to Jokic, okay? I'm going to go through some quick stats. Jokic, uh, 24 point, excuse me, 26.4 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, 8.3 assists per game. So nearly averaged a triple-double. That's 26, 11, and 8. He's first in the league in PER. He's sixth in real plus minus. Real plus minus takes your offensive plus minus, your defensive plus minus, and combines them. Um, And Jokic is sixth in the entire league. He didn't miss a single game, not one. His team lost their second best player, and they just kept winning. He shot 56.6% from the field, 38.8% from three, 86.8% from the line. So if we round on those, that's 57% from the field, 39% from three, 87% from, from the foul line. Phenomenal shooter. Um... And then you got other guys like LeBron, Embiid, Durant, Harden. They just miss too many games uh, to qualify. They just they just don't qualify. They miss too many games. Kawhi, 
Um, and then you have teams that just, uh, or you have guys that just, their teams weren't quite good enough to warrant an MVP award like Steph Curry and Damian Lillard. Their, their teams just didn't, I mean, Steph's team finished eighth. I'm sorry, we can't have an MVP on the eighth best team in his conference, you know? Um, okay, so Jokic finishes first. In second, I would put Giannis Antetokounmpo. Nobody talks about Giannis because it's boring to give a guy a third straight MVP, I guess. I don't know. But Giannis averaged 28.1 points per game. So 28 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, six assists per game. 28, 11, and 6, plus 1.2 blocks per game, shot 57% from the field. Obviously, he dunks a lot. But his three-point percentage is actually kind of respectable at 30% for how big he is. He's getting to a point where nobody's super scared of Giannis shooting a three, but you kind of are getting to a point where you got to step up at least a little bit and bother him a little bit. You got to bother him a little bit from the from, from three. He played 85% of his team's games. His team finished third in the East, seventh in the NBA. The guy just gets it done. Um, third in the league in PER, fifth in real plus minus. So Giannis, to me, finishes second. In third place, I would put Steph Curry. I would. He would just went on a tear this last like month, uh, willed his team up to that eight spot in the Western Conference, led the league in scoring. He's only the fourth guy in NBA history to have multiple scoring titles and multiple league MVPs. The other guys are Wilt, Kareem, and MJ. So those are the three guys that Steph just joined. All four of them now, by the way, also have multiple titles. So that's an elite league of guys. And it'll be interesting to see through the years who else can join them. Um, so I would put Steph, uh, you know, as as my third option for MVP. 32 points per game, 5.8 assists per game, 5.5 rebounds per game. Sixth in PER, first in real plus minus. Um, 48% from the field. 42% from three, 92% from the line. And again, his team kind of squeaked into the playoffs. So that's his negative, but it gets him in third because they did at least make the playoffs. Um, well, they will, but again, if in a regular year, they finish as the eighth seed, they, they made the playoffs. Okay, Damian Lillard would finish fourth, 28.8 points per game, seven and a half assists, 4.2 rebounds, ninth in PER. Fifth, though, if you disqualify four guys above him, that, only, that didn't even play 75% of their team's games. They missed more than 25% of their team's games. So to me, those guys just don't qualify. If you do that, Lillard is actually fifth in the NBA in PER. Um, very clutch. His clutch stats are among the very best in the league. It's him and Westbrook, whose games clearly step up. Their turnovers, well, Westbrook struggles with turnovers, but their turnovers go a little bit down. More importantly, their scoring goes up. Their shooting percentage goes up from the field, from the three-point line, from the foul line. Um... Lillard, very clutch. And his team finished sixth in the stacked Western Conference despite missing C.J. McCollum, their second best player for 25 games, and Yusuf Nurkic, who I would say is their third best player for 35 games. So Lillard, to me, um, would be uh, fourth. And then fifth, this is going to be a surprise. This is going to be a surprise. I'm going to do it, though. People are going to laugh. I'm going to do it, though. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, to me, would finish fifth in the MVP voting. Why not? Why not? We have Steve Nash. Steve Nash won an MVP averaging 15 and a half points per game. Everyone thinks, well, it's MVP. to be MVP, you got to be averaging at least 25. You got to be in the top 10 in scoring or whatever. No, you don't. Steve Nash, who admittedly is the worst MVP in the history of the league, he did it twice averaging less than 20 points a game. And so to me, Rudy Gobert is so impactful. He's so valuable. That's what the V stands for in MVP, by the way. Most valuable player, okay? He's so valuable in getting wins He's far and away the best in defensive real plus minus. We mentioned that, okay? But he also is pretty good offensively. 14.3 points per game. 
He led the league in field goal percentage. Rudy Gobert led the NBA in field goal percentage. And then we already talked about how he was second in rebounds per game, first in blocks per game, only averages 1.7 turnovers per game. So he's very you know, reliable with the ball to not do something stupid. And he only missed one game. His team finished first in the entire league. He was without his his you know other best and most important player in Donovan Mitchell for 19 games. They missed Conley for 21 games, okay, which is their third best player, and they just kept on winning. Rudy Gobert leads to wins. Rudy Gobert is is he truly is valuable. He's third in the NBA in real plus minus. But if you disqualify LeBron, who is second, which I think you have to disqualify him because he missed too many games, that puts Rudy Gobert second in real plus minus. And then in PER, he's he's 14th. But again, you have to disqualify four guys ahead of him because they just didn't play enough games, so they can't qualify. He's 10th. So your Rudy Gobert is 10th in PER. He's uh, second in real plus minus, first in field goal percentage, first in blocks per game, th- uh, second in rebounds per game. His team finished first in the entire NBA. He only missed one game. He was without two of his his two best teammates for a combined between the two of them, 40 games. So to me, Rudy Gobert should at least be mentioned in MVP talk. He should at least be mentioned. He'll win Defensive Player of the Year. I think it's a shame he doesn't get at least mentioned for MVP talk. No, I don't think he deserves it. But I think he should at least be mentioned, um, you know, along with some of these other guys. So that's my MVP. Okay, sixth man of the year. It's going to be a race between two Jazz guys. It's going to be Jordan Clarkson, I think, will win it. And I think Joe Ingles will finish second, and it should be that way. Uh, Coach of the year, it's got to be Quinn Snyder. Look at the Jazz just racking up these regular season awards, which is really meaningless if we can't do anything in the playoffs. But it's nice. It's a nice little consolation prize. It should be Quinn Snyder. I think you're going to see Monty Williams win it out of uh, Phoenix, which I think is just a travesty and a joke. Wh- why would it be Monty Williams? Why Why would it be Monty Williams? Quinn Snyder just had the best record in the entire NBA. Yes, ahead of Phoenix. They're also in the NBA. So ahead of Phoenix, he had the better record. And you look at their stars, okay? Let's look at their big three. Chris Paul, Mike Conley. Uh, I think everybody would take Chris Paul. So Phoenix wins that one. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. Well, I would take Donovan Mitchell. There are many, though, especially in the league among coaches and players that would take Devin Booker. Plus, Devin Booker didn't miss, he missed, I think, five games, and Donovan Mitchell missed 19. So if you're going to take Donovan Mitchell missing 19 or Devin Booker, I think everybody would now take Devin Booker. Then you go to DeAndre Ayton versus Rudy Gobert. Clearly, Rudy Gobert is the better player. I think that would be agreed upon very widely. But it's not that huge of a gap. DeAndre Ayton is a great player, okay? So you look at their big three. Well, the Suns' big three combined to miss just 10 games. Ayton, Booker, CP3, they they combined to miss only 10 games. The Jazz' big three, they combined to miss 41 games. 41. 21 from Conley, 19 from Mitchell, and then uh, just one from Gobert. And the Jazz had the best record and the best point differential. So how on earth could it not be Quinn Snyder? How on earth could the Jazz, Quinn Snyder, not be coach of the year? It, you know, they robbed Jerry Sloan of this award several times. They better not rob Quinn Snyder of it. I think they will, but they should not. So you heard it here first in STB Sports Take. You've heard it first, second, and third here. The Jazz should get Defensive Player of the Year, 
sixth man of the year, coach of the year. That's all the time we have for today. I am out. Peace. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.